We are live. Hello. Woo-hoo. Welcome. This is the first GTFO that I've done in absolutely blinking ages. Uh, and the eagle-eyed amongst you will notice that the person with me is neither Hannah nor Dolly. <gasps> Dolly with Dave, uh, yeah, Dolly with it. Yeah, well, yeah, Dolly uh, a little bit more controlled, a little bit more sensible. <laughs> um, so, Erin, let's let's do introductions first. What's your name and where do you come from? I hate this bit. I feel like it's like take me out. Do you know when you come down the list? And yeah, I'm yeah, I'm from Accrington. <laughs> hey, don't turn your light off. <laughs> yeah, please, I'll keep them on. So, yeah, I'm Erin. Uh, I work with Grow Traffic I do like the I'm a digital marketing exec so I do all the content and stuff um so yeah that's me and new face to the to the life yep. yes well it's very exciting because we've been saying for ages we want to we need to bring more of the team on to do these lives but every time we ask people they're all like oh no no I'm not doing it no I'm not doing it so well done you for being very brave and volunteering <laughs> very proud of you <laughs> we'll see how it goes Yes, there we go. Yeah. You can use, <laughs> finally use that degree for something. You can tell your mom, Mom, it came in handy today. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Right. Well, anyway, obviously, I am Rachel from uh, from Grow Traffic and uh, Bake Up and various other things and various other hats. Uh, but today we are here as as a GTFO. We are talking about unique research content. So we've got top five tips today on doing and using unique research content. So first things first, what on earth is unique research content? One of the lives that we actually did not that long ago, it it was uh, maybe a month or two months ago, we did a live on long form content and we talked about how you can use long form content and what benefit it can be and how you can use it for PR purposes and all that sort of stuff. And we touched then on unique research content. And essentially what it is, it's, it's content that you create yourself. A lot of the time you know people are gonna say well all content is content you create yourself but a lot of the time if we're creating blog posts or you know content for our websites it's really stuff that's already out there it's stuff that's already been written we're doing definitions of things we you know sometimes we might be talking about a development in a business or a new product but most of the time the content that we're putting out whilst it's new to us and to our website it's not a new idea it's not a brand new you know piece of research or whatever so what we're talking about today is unique research content it's a piece of content where you have gone out as a business and said I want to find out this or I want to see if this is the case or we think this happens let's go and find out if it really does and you do a piece of research and then you create content off the back of it lots of different types of content and obviously we'll go on to talk about that Um, but first of all just a couple of statistics so 91% of businesses do content marketing regularly now and count content marketing as a key pillar of their overall marketing strategy. So 91% of businesses are creating content online, but only a tiny fraction of those are doing unique research content. So as I said before, most people are just rewriting blogs that somebody else has written, scraping content from somewhere else, making it unique to them and publishing it on the website. This is about creating your own content, your own vibe, doing your own thing, going your own way, as Fleetwood Mac would have said. Um, so why does that matter, though? You know, why why do we think that that's going to be important? Well, Google announced just, uh, just yesterday, I think, actually, that there's going to be a new algorithm update being rolled out shortly. And that really is going to focus on 
the quality of content. Google really wants to make sure that the internet is full of good quality content, not poor. So they're actively saying, you know, if you've got poor quality content on your website, if it's scraped, if it's just a bit shit, if it's old, if it's not relevant anymore, it might actually start to damage your website overall. So they really want people to start focusing on good quality content, content that adds value, content that says something new, some content that offers a new perspective or a new opinion or a new piece of information to people, because that's going to be more and more important going forwards. I mean, it, we, we've been talking about this for a while, haven't we, Erin, about how, how good quality content matters. And that's the thing that you do as a, as a content marketing executive, isn't it? Erin frozen. Erin. Am I losing you? Well, I could see you moving, but it's really slow. I think it's a bit of a poor connection, but it's all right. I was just asking, you know, why Why do you think that, that good quality content matters? I think as like, as well, we're talking about Google and like that that's rolling out, but also like the benefits that it's going to have for your business and like you creating that niche, you setting yourself apart when someone types into Google that question um, that you're the trendsetter for the answers and, you know, you're not just kind of like getting lost in the sea of answers um, yeah. and actually scraping your barrel for their content as opposed to like the other way around. And it, it just kind of like cements the fact that, you know, this is, this is my niche. This is what I talk about. This is why I'm set apart from the rest. So actually, it's of course, it's going to do wonders for your rankings and stuff and it's going to please Google. But actually just where it sets you in the world of business and like customers, um, mm. I think it's really important to develop your niche and be like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this is what, the, you know, Google released uh, uh, an, an article, a blog post yesterday, um, which we can share on the on the Grow Traffic Facebook page. But they were talking then about, you know, don't write for algorithms, don't write for SEO, write for people. And, and it is back to that point of, you know, we've always said your content should be people first. But if you are doing content marketing, you need to become the industry leader. So you need to be the one that is going out and finding the answers and finding the new perspectives and offering the new opinions on on things that are happening in your sector in your industry so that you become that industry expert that if somebody wants something you are the person that they go to you know and and then the algorithms will pick up on that and they will follow on from it so absolutely you know it matters from all of those different perspectives so um Let's well. Let, I tell you what. I was going to say. Let's let's sort of define a bit more what unique reach content is. But we're going to go into that as we go. So let's let's start with our top five tips. So top five tips to help you create better unique research content. Tip number one: understand the why. And we say this. This is practically our first tip on every every live that we do. But understand what you are trying to do because if you don't understand what you are trying to do and what you are trying to achieve you know, how on earth are you going to go about it and how are you going to know you've got the right outcome? So why do you think it's important, Erin, to understand why you're doing it? I've got a proper lag here. <laughs> are you back? Oh, we've lost Erin. Oh, well. Right. So 
first things first, understand the why. So the reason that you need to understand why you are doing it is because, you know, if you haven't set out, first of all, what point are you trying to prove? What what uh, facts are you trying to establish? You know, how are you going to do it? You don't then know everything else. So if you don't know what you're trying to achieve, you don't know what questions you need to ask. If you don't know who you need to address, you don't know where you need to post your, your questionnaire or anything going forwards. So you have to understand what you're trying to achieve in order for you to then work out everything else. You know, what? how is your survey going to be done? Is it a survey? Where are you going to post it? How are you going to get it out to people? Who are you going to interview? Um, Erin, we lost you. I was just asking, why do you think it's important yeah. for us to understand why, what, understand the why first? Why does that matter? I think the, the why is the most important part of, well, any strategy, but like the, like the framework going forward, you need to know like, what answers do you want to get out of this? Are you prepared for the answers that you don't want or that you're not like that are surprising to you? And are you prepared with what you're going to do for those? And also like, how long is this going to go on for? Like, Mm -hmm. are we first answer? And yeah, I'm happy with that. And I'm going to create my content around that. Or am I going to be like running research for months and months and understanding why, like why I'm going to do this, what I'm going to get out of it. I think that's like the, the starting line to, to start any kind of strategy really Mm, absolutely and that's a really good point actually as well that that understanding that you might not get the answer that you think you're going to get you know that that in a way that's when scientists always say isn't it you know that's when experiments get really interesting when they they propose that they're going to do an experiment and they're going to get this result and then they don't then you've got all of those other questions. So it's exactly the same with, with this type of research, whatever sector you're in, whether you're surveying customers or the industry or, you know, somebody, industry watchers or whatever it might be, you know, you might not get the answer that you think. And in a way that could be more interesting than getting the answer that you were predicting, because that yeah. then takes you in a whole new direction. You know, again, one of the main reasons that people would undertake unique research content is so that you can offer a new voice. And so getting an unexpected answer really enables you to do that. You can go, actually, we've all been saying this as a sector for years and I've just done this piece of content and it's not that, you know, and you can really make a big splash with that. But again, yeah. Because like, like, why am I like doing a piece of content or a piece of research like in the future? Like, say if I'm writing something about myself, if if my why is to make myself look really good, I'm going to ask all my best friends like and my play about. Do you know what I mean? If that's what my why is, if actually I want to learn more about myself and I want to give like a, I mean I'm using myself as an example, shock horror, but like. <laughs> um, like a true representation I'm going to ask like people I went to school with and do you know what I mean it's like if you know what outcome you want whether it's the answers or not then you kind of know who to ask and how to ask them and how long to ask them for I think it like gives you a good overview of the whole process really. Yeah, and I mean, all exactly that. And also, you know, really basic things like, what are you doing this for? Are you doing this because you want to write a blog post? If you are, you know, don't spend six months doing research for one blog post. If you're doing it because you want to write a book, then maybe you do need six months worth of research and you need to collect a lot more answers and you need to ask a lot more people. So absolutely, it's that basic, you know, what are we trying to achieve? Why are we trying to achieve it? How are we going to go about it? You know, plan first and then everything else will follow follow on from that so yeah perfect so tip top five tips number one understand the why number two 
be specific and don't overcomplicate things. So, you know, what we mean here basically is devise a really good questionnaire or, you know, however you're going to do your piece of research, make sure it works for that purpose. You know, again, if you're trying to find out an answer to a specific thing for a blog post, you're not going to need a 50 page questionnaire that you're sending out to people because it's going to bore the socks off them. So again, plan that properly and then be really specific about how you're going to carry this out. So Erin, what do you think, you know, what are the different ways that people might be able to sort of carry out some research, but keep it on point, do you think? I think once you've got a plan and you, you kind of know where you need to get to, then you can ask three questions as long as you know where you need to get to. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, I don't know, Rachel, like specifics, but like, I just think the import, the, the specificity, is that a word? Is that a word? Yes, it is. Of, yes. Of, and then of your route um, is going to help you kind of narrow it down. And I think narrowing it down when it comes to research is especially research for content is important because like we both said like we can do it for days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks for one blog there's no point yeah um but yeah what do you think like... well i mean also there's the basic point of not boring the pants off people isn't there not boring the pants yeah. off you know if you if you're going to ask people to do a piece of research for you you don't want to then give them a 50 pay 50 question questionnaire that's going to take them five hours to see you know they're going to get bored nobody's going to do it so keep that as brief as you can but also for your own benefit if you've then got to wade through all of those questions and all of from all those different people that's going to take days so you know the more simple you can keep it the the better it will be for everybody concerned and the more likely it's going to be that you're going to get the answer that you were hoping or wanting at the end of it so just Basically, you know, tip number two, don't overcomplicate it. Simple is better in all cases. Okay, mm -hmm. so tip number one, understand the why. Tip number two, don't overcomplicate it. Be specific, keep it simple. Number three, be savvy about the process. So this one really follows on from, from point number two. And we're really, we're saying now you've, you've sort of devised your questionnaire. You've kept that as brief as you can. Now it's how are you going to get that out to people in the best way possible? And here we need to start thinking about, you know, what platform are you going to use to devise your questionnaire? Are you going to actually write one and print it out? Or are you going to use a doodle poll? Or are you going to use SurveyMonkey or one of those online ones? And then where are you going to put it? You know, how are you going to get it to people? So how, go on, Erin, talk to me about this. What are some different ways people could use I think it's about as well knowing like your business and your presence. If you get most of your engagement on Twitter, do your questionnaire on Twitter. If you get more people reading your blog posts, put a little thing in your blogs about go to this page to do a survey. I think it's about understanding your audience and who you're talking to. You're going to get a different audience on Instagram than you do on your website. Like that's just the way that these things work. Who are more likely to fill in this survey and give you proper answers and kind of guide your path the way you wanted it to go? Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of just like playing it by ear, I think. I think once you know your audience and you know who to pitch it to, then you can. And the different styles as well, like you can kind of just take them to a different website to fill in a longer survey from a blog post. But no one can do that on an Instagram post. Yeah. Um, but it's just about knowing your audience and knowing who's going to engage to kind of help you with 
like email marketing and there's loads of different routes that you can go down as long as you know you're talking to the right people yeah absolutely and again this comes back to you know this is all back to point one isn't it you once you've understood who do I need to ask you know if it's your entire audience then you're going to have to potentially come up with multiple ways of getting this blog post out to people you're right some will need it on email some will need it on social media or probably all of the platforms if you've got a physical premises building you know a, a maybe a shop front or an office or whatever you know how are you going to get those people engaged maybe you do a poster with a QR code that leads people to an online survey or you know as I said print some out and leave them there so you know again understand who you need to ask and then you'll know the best way I think the other thing as well to bear in mind here is you can do the same survey in different ways so one of the things that you could do maybe use like polls on Instagram Twitter Facebook whatever um, and split your survey down into questions and ask a different poll ask one question on a poll each day say over the course of a week so that you gather your data like that it does make your life a little bit harder because you've got to then collate it all in one place but think about what's easy you know again if you've got a really young audience who are not going to sit there and write detailed answers to questionnaires split it up put yes or no answers, make it so that it's simple. If you've got potentially an older audience, a bit more time on their hands, a bit more willing to write and expand on things, maybe you want to send a, a written piece of, a written questionnaire out in the post to them so that they can actually sit down and spend the time and think about it and fill it out. So, you know, again, back to know what, you, know what you're trying to achieve. That'll help you figure out the best way of doing it, won't yeah. it? Would, I don't know, Erin, would you ever sit down and fill out a, a really lengthy questionnaire if, if it was, you know, if it was a business that you engaged with, say that you're quite loyal to, would you still sit down and fill out a lengthy questionnaire if they asked you to? Yeah, this is kind of what I was going to say. I mean, like, it depends. I would if it meant something to me and if I thought, like, I was going to get something out of it. I know that that's, but, like, um, I feel like customers and, like, if I was on the customer side, they kind of want an incentive. So, like, what yeah. am I getting down and spending my time doing that I don't need an incentive to do a poll on Instagram I'm scrolling anyway you know but like I think yes I would but it's got to mean something to me and I've kind of got to get something out of it and I think yeah. as well like thinking about like what what you want to achieve as as business owners things I could go on Instagram and see one questionnaire go on the website see exactly the same questionnaire get it through my door I just can't be asked reading that yeah. all the time you know what I mean so I think mixing up like the format of how you talk to people yeah I might ignore the one that's come through the post I might ignore your blog post but I'm going to answer your poll on Instagram so you're going to get an answer either way yeah so I think like those formats is really important to hit more than one audience you're going to get the young the old the in between yeah, it's actually a really, really valid point that I was reading an article yesterday that was talking about the difference between millennials and, and Gen Zers uh, on, on social media and how that how they're different, how differently they interact with right. brands. Um, and it was saying, you know, millennials, slightly older, much more willing to have brand loyalty to, you know, if it's going to help out a brand that I use regularly. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'll fill out three or four questions for you. No problem. Whereas the Gen Zers, absolutely much more transactional you know I'll, I'll if you want my time you're gonna have to give me something so I want a discount or I want a free gift or I want free shipping for the next month whatever it might be uh, or as you say you know 
it's got to be on social media. And I think the thing to remember as well, if you're doing polls on social media, do it in a way that makes somebody want to contribute. You know, people contribute on social media because it reveals something about themselves. So, you know, make your questions interesting. Say, you know, why would you do this? Would it be because you want to show somebody something? You want to tell somebody something? You want to teach somebody something? So that they're revealing something about themselves by helping you. And then it then they're more willing to engage with it. So, you know, think about the the age demographics, the geography as well, you know, the 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 other demographic factors about your audience and how that's going to change how they interact and then yeah, make it stream. Oh, yeah, I'm not doing anything until you give me something in return. <laughs> well, but you know what? It's fair enough. The, these, you know, this is what decades without getting overly political, you know, this is what decades of capitalism does to people. It, it makes a, a transactional society. So I get it. You know, they've been brought up in that, you know, if you want something, you, you get something for it. That's it. So, yeah, if you if they're giving you their time, they will want something in return. So you're going to have to think about that. They're not they're not just going to help you out the goodness of their heart, which is fair yeah. enough in my book. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. You know what you're worth. That's the difference. Okay, so top five tips. Number one, understand your why. Number two, don't overcomplicate it. Keep it as simple as you can. Number three, be really savvy about the process of how you are carrying out your research. How are you going to get the answers you need from the people that you need them from? Number four, use your research wisely. So this is coming down to, again, what we were saying at the beginning, you know, what we, what are you trying to get out of this and how are you then going to extrapolate that answer from the data? Or if it is telling you something completely different, how are you going to then, you know, figure that out, package it out? So once you've got, and this is really important to remember, people forget this, once you have done your survey, that is only stage one. You've then got to collate, collect in and collate all of that information, make it make sense, make it give you the answers that you want, or, you know, make it give you answers that you don't want. Um, and, and think about what have we learned from this? And then how are we going to use it? So, you know, what would you think about this one, Erin? How I would you advise people like, to use why? Part of this is you've, you've established your why, you know why you're doing this research. But if you're then presented with all these answers thinking, oh, shit, I don't want that. No, I'm I'm going to change why I did it and I'm going to like let it tell you something about the, the first part, you know, change yourself along the way to fit with the answer, make your answer fit with your why. And kind of like stay true to the reason that like reasoning research stuff. If you're presented with all this surprising information, like if all my best friends tell me actually I'm a shit person, like, oh, right, okay, so what do you know what I mean? Like, that wasn't what I. Him, but what am I going to do about it? How does yes. that now fit? Why not? Oh shit! Well, I'm not going to do a blog post because I didn't want those answers. Do you know, like it's just about fit the step number one step. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, maybe you can get multiple takeaways out of this. You know, maybe part of your research has shown you the thing that you were suspecting, but it's mm -hmm. also shown you this other thing that you absolutely weren't suspect expecting. So, you know, how are you going to use that? Maybe you can get several blog posts out of this. Maybe you were just expecting to get, you know, a 5,000 word article, but actually you can get a whole series. Maybe you could make a, an entire series of social media posts or you make a video for YouTube or 
whatever. So, you know, think about how you're going to use it once you've got that. Or, you know, if it really is very simple, you were really specific, you did one, one question out to everybody, you got the answer you wanted, how then are you going to use it, you know, wisely so that you're getting the most out of it? So basically, you know, think about once you've got that data set, make sure you are getting the most out of that. Because by this point, you've already invested quite a lot in it and your uh, staff members or customers or whoever you've been asking, they've invested a lot in it. So, you know, it's only fair that you use it and, and use it wisely so that you're actually getting something out of it, which leads us nicely on to point number five. So tip number one, understand your why. Why are you doing it? Number two, be, be specific, keep it simple, keep it clear. Number three, be savvy about your process. You know, make sure you're getting the right questions to the people who want them in the right way. Number four, use your research wisely. So what is it telling you? How are you going to use that information that you've now got? And number five, use your research thoroughly. So again, following on from the last point, this is now, you know, you've done your research, you've taken all the time, you've got those answers, maybe two or three answers, maybe you've got something really surprising. How are you going to maximize that? How are you going to make sure you are now, you know, you might have put 10 hours into this. How are you going to make sure you're getting a lot of different types of content out of this? So again, Erin, what are the different types of content that that people could get out of, out of a, a piece of content? research uh, i mean there's loads of different types like blogs emails social media like everything that you sent your re like your surveys out can all like the the findings can also go out in those ways mm-hmm. and i think this with that thing that we've been talking about like tell the people what they've been what they've been helping you with do you know what i mean i think yeah. as well like if it's only the people that have filled out the written forms through the post don't then post it all over social media and not post it through their front doors do you know what i mean like think about where you've got the information from and turn it back back around onto itself to give the people like give the people what they want you know give the people like, what they want yeah <laughs> they've been like that they've been giving you that like i think it's really important when you're asking people to spend some time doing these surveys and they've they've been loyal to you and they're visiting your social media to then not post any of those findings on social media you mm-hmm. i mean kind of like stabbing yourself in the back and not really like taking your nose off the spike or whatever well yeah, you know exactly because again you know it, it, it's it's the even the people that have willingly helped you out with this they want to see what the point of it was otherwise they're not going to help you in the future you know if you just if you just give that information so at the very least you're right feedback what you've found out so that that because you are interested if you've done a survey or you've you've helped somebody with some information you are then interested to find out what other people have said about it and what the outcome was so say that and you know if you can and say thank you thank the people that have helped you and yeah. I think yeah I think the other thing as well is use it as many times as you possibly can so it mm-hmm. doesn't have to you know yes you can create your first piece of content put it out on social on your email send it in the post all the rest of it but can you then create further things from it so can you then do sort of follow-on findings can you break out some of the statistics you found and make a series of social media posts um another thing that it's really good to use this for is pr and we talked about this when we were doing the the long content a few weeks ago but this type of content makes great PR because PR is you know obviously getting your name in the in the press in the papers you know um, increases your visibility and and your brand uh, value and worth all the rest of it but really people are only you've only got a story 
if you're saying something new. Otherwise, you know, there's no point putting a, an article in the paper. Yeah. So just by doing this piece of unique research content, you've probably got something new to say. You've got something to contribute to your sector. So can you get some PR out of that? Maybe contact a PR agency um, and and or send a press release out or whatever you however you want to do it and 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 leverage it so that you you know you get in that um you know uh industry expert position because you've yeah. done this. Um yeah, anything else, Erin, anything you want to add on that, on, on different ways of using it? No, I think it's just about, like, we've spoke about way back at the beginning and knowing our why, it's about setting ourselves apart and creating this niche and, and seeing ourselves as a leader in these industries. So, therefore, like, do the right thing with it. Like, make yeah. yourself the industry, make yourself the one to watch when, on this topic um, yeah. and kind of, like, hit all the checkpoints to make that happen. I think it's really important. It is. And I think uh, one, you know, one sort of caveat on all of this, you know, uh, as we've already said, this can take quite a bit of time. I mean, yes, you could be doing a really simple one where you're just going to do a series of Instagram polls and, and put some Instagram posts out. Fine. You know, that's not going to take a massive amount of time. But if you yeah. are doing quite an in-depth piece of content and you've put a lot of time into, you know, creating the right um, survey and sending it out to the right people and then creating the content off the back of it, you know, it's time consuming. So this is not something that you're going to be doing for every single blog post. It might be something that you only do once a year, if that. So, you know, really plan it out and follow through and think about it so that you are making the most out of it because it's, you know, it's going to be quite a rare occurrence, but it absolutely, if done well, can put you right at the top in terms of, you know, how you are seen in your industry but also it can put you at top in terms of the rankings and then you get the traffic and then you get the sales and everybody's happy. So there we go. Um, so I'll just recap the top five tips and then Erin, I'm going to come back to you for your, your final one piece of advice. So top five tips on unique research content. Number one, understand your why. Why are you doing it? What are you trying to get out of it? Because that will determine everything else. Number two, don't overcomplicate it. Be really specific. What are you trying to do and how are you going to get it? And, and don't, don't waffle on anymore. Number three, be savvy about the process. So where do you need to create your, your research? Who is seeing it? How are you going to get it to the people that you want to answer? Do you need to offer them something in order to get them to do it? Number four, use your research wisely. So how many different conclusions can you get out of it? How are you going to use them? Are they surprising? You know, what, what are you going to do with that data now you've got it? And number five, use your research thoroughly. So create multiple pieces of content everywhere. Put it everywhere. Use it as PR, email newsletters, social media, blog posts. You know, yeah, absolutely. Just plaster it across the world as many different times as you can. Erin, um, final thought. If you could give somebody one final piece of advice on unique research content, what would it be? Or what would you pick out as the most important? Uh, I think my biggest bit of advice is create that path. Know where you are. Know why you're doing what you're doing. Know where you want to get to. And make the things that you do and the findings that you get fit into the path. Don't keep diverting and thinking, okay, that like I'll change because of that, I'll change because of that. Because you'll find that you're just bending the road. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my key piece of advice is know know the line and stick to that. Make everything fit in your path, not yeah. the other way around. Absolutely, that's a really good piece of advice. Mine, mine would be, you know 
really on that don't overcomplicate it point you know if if doing a big full piece of research is too much and too tricky start small just do start with a facebook poll and do that and try that and get some data out of that and and then build up to it from there you know it doesn't have to be all or nothing and you write a book on your first attempt just do it just do a little bit of something because you start then to be seen as that industry leader that thought leader quite quickly so just mm-hmm. do little bits and build up from there um that's it Erin I forgot to ask you at the beginning what was your exciting thing that's happened this week I'm glad that you forgot because I'm struggling (laughs) (laughs) so my brother got his A-level results yesterday that was a good thing yes very good thing that was a good thing for our family and it's GT works due tonight yes there we go happen in my week maybe ask me again next week when I'm yeah well maybe ask us all in the morning yes we tonight we are going on our grow traffic works Christmas do which was cancelled at Christmas yeah we're doing our Christmas do in August it's not even for next Christmas either it's for last Christmas so yeah we'll see how we all are in the morning eh, and how positive we're feeling about it then but now it's a good thing in my week (laughs) let's (laughs) brilliant brilliant okay thank you very much Erin for joining me thank you to everybody who has watched live and has commented if you are watching this back on Facebook we do still monitor the comments so do please leave us a comment or ask us a question or you can contact us at info at growtraffic.co.uk if you are listening on podcast please uh, you know subscribe and leave us a review and everything else because it genuinely helps us and if you are watching on YouTube subscribe below guys Uh, and again leave us a comment because we will see it and we will answer you that's it we will be back in two weeks time nobody knows what with least of all me because I haven't written my content calendar yet (gasps) I'm a naughty girl yeah I know I know do as I do as I say not as I do and on that note we're off to drink cocktails (laughs) bye